Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 184. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just one bean on the line again. Cracker, how's it going, mate? Good. I'm pleased we get to record. <laughs> well, about four hours ago, I was not recording, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit stormy in, in Melbourne over the last few days, and uh, yeah, my area's been absolutely destroyed again, as tends to happen when you live up in the hills, and yeah, I haven't had power for the last few days, so had been told the power wasn't going to be back on until Saturday, and then yeah, got home Thursday, five o'clock, the power had just come back on, so uh, pretty happy, means, and the internet was working as well, that was the biggest shock, I thought, right, we'll get the power back, but the NBN, NBN will be out. But mm. no, all all up and working, and uh, yeah, turns out I can record a podcast, so it's pretty good, good news. Chewy can't though; he's in a caravan park. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's just run away from his house entirely. Uh, yeah, so uh, good luck, Chewy. <laughs> Hope the power comes back yeah. on sometime next week for you. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the joys of living in the hills. We've spoken about it before. It's uh, it's just the sacrifices that we make for when we. In this beautiful area, but there is a lot of trees and overhead power lines. So there's a reason why in new estates, which I spend most of my time in for my work, mm-hmm. they put all the power underground because it's uh, it's just a lot easier. You don't have to worry about all that sort of stuff. I saw yep. a photo today of an actual like a power pole that's just completely snapped in half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, goodness me. That's insane. It's interesting because yeah. like where I grew up in Hobart, most of the power's underground as well. Yeah, okay. And and has been since, like, f- for forever, you know. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's interesting that Tassie, I don't know if they're advanced or they just were <laughs> so far behind that they <laughs> fell in front again. But, well, it you took know, so they, long they for them to get electricity. Right. That it's <laughs> Here like, we okay, go. Oh, we finally got electricity. Oh, okay, well, everywhere else is starting to do this underground power. Put so it underground. Yeah, maybe we should do yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I seems- mean, every- Every house, like like Chewy knocked down and rebuilt his house a mm-hmm. few years ago. So mm-hmm. whenever you do that now, you ne- your power now goes underground. Yeah. So you have to pay to get a, a power pit put in and then your power goes underground to your house and that sort of thing. So they're slowly trying to phase it out. But yeah, it's just a ridiculous amount of work to <laughs> change a whole bunch of above ground power to below ground, especially yeah. in the area that I, I live in where it's all rocks and hills and yeah, yeah. nowhere not, to put them underground. Not nice digging in that area. <laughs> No. no. Anyway, <laughs> there you last, go. last episode we were talking about the weather and uh, yeah, listen, we live in Victoria. It. I mean, what do you what do you expect? This is what we got mm. to talk about here. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we do have to talk about a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of magic things. We do. Yes, we we certainly do. We've got lots of things to talk about tonight. Uh, yeah, big big shout out to Chewie. As you said, he is uh, living in a caravan park at the moment just to have power and. Internet and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, would have liked to have been on the podcast, but can't be here tonight. But we're going to hold down the fort and talk about a few things. But before we get into that, we should shout out our awesome sponsors. So, take it away, Cracker. Josh and Pats, you know them. You love them. We love them. They're, they just gave away stacks of cards. Pat just loves giving away cards, man. Super Bowl, he gives away stuff. And then for the new set, he does it. There's been all the claim lots for the murders at... Karlov Manor. I got it right. <laughs> yep. <that's laughs> right I had to think for a second there. Um, yeah. It's a, Pat, you know, Facebook auction page, nightly auctions of all sorts of fantastic physical magic cards. Uh, they've got 
claim lots, like I said, for when the new set drops. So you can just say how many you want. And then there's also the just effectively buy it auctions or well, not auctions. You just say mine and it's got a price on it, which are always really fair. Uh, and then there's the actual auctions as well with the premium auctions on the weekend, which are always a lot of fun to see, you know, power and original jewel lands and other reserve list cards and all sorts of fancy foils and stuff going up there. So go check them out, JPMTG Bazaar. Uh, and if you win something, tell them that the bean sent you. Very good. Yeah, it is nice to see all those fancy auctions and things that I'm never going to bid on. <laughs> Four-digit magic cards. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if or I won just, that uh, $200 million yeah. last week, that would have yeah, been nice. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're doing all right. <laughs> I could, then I could be a full-time content creator. That'd be nice. I'd be a full-time not-working-at-all person is what yeah, I'd be yeah. doing. <laughs> just full time playing games. Yep. So it sounds like fun and having a very large magic collection. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. yep. All right. So, yeah, a few things to get into tonight. Mostly we're going to be talking about modern. We haven't played, well, we've played a little bit of modern, but we haven't talked about modern for ages. Just like forever, like. man. Yeah. Mm. And there's a bit of modern been going on lately because there is, there's been modern regional championships where people are qualifying for a modern pro tour that's mm-hmm. coming up in the next few months. So we thought we'd go back to modern, which is kind of where we started as the beans. That was our favorite format. And uh, yeah, have a good chat about that and see what's going on in the format. But before we get into that, a couple of things. Mm. You and Chewy played some Commando on a stream last week. I did. It was not not a Magic Beans stream. I know. It, it felt what, a little weird. What was that? What, what also <laughs> felt weird was it started really early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. We, were, we were live at like just after six and I was like, oh boy. Mm. Um, but it was great. We we hung out with the guys from Commander the Gathering. Uh, so Franken and uh, Fresh, uh, people we've known in the community for ages, years and years now we've been talking to those guys, um, but haven't played with them much. So it was really cool to just, they invited us on to, to come hang out and we played some kind of low to mid power level decks. It wasn't anything crazy. They had some like no infinite rules, which was kind of cool. Um, no shorty is it deck nonsense going on. <laughs> so, so Chewy brought goblins and I played Merrin. Um, and then Franken had, uh, he had one of the, the new precons actually, the Boros precon, which like goaded creatures and stuff like that was really, really strong. Seemed like really good. Just straight out. Like he, he literally played it unsleeved. <laughs> like he just, didn't put, I did he pulled that. out the box and he ran out of time. Just playing it yeah, just playing it raw, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and then Fresh was playing um, the Saltite Frog um, enchantment-themed deck. So um, that was one that he'd built. And, yeah, no, it was just a good time, man. We just hung out and played, you know, a big, long game. And everyone kind of got to, to do their thing at different points. So it was, it was a good time. Nice. All right. So I think they are streaming Commander every week. They are. And then they, they put them up on YouTube. So if, if people want to find them, where do they find them? Uh, Command of the Gathering. We'll put a link to all of their stuff in um, the show notes, but it's um, Command of the Gathering is their Twitch channel. And uh, if you're in the Beans Discord, you'll see them in the like um, self-promotion channel when they go live. It pops up in there letting people know what's going on. So go check them out. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. Yep. Very good. All right. Well, uh, another little thing before we get into modern. This popped up literally <laughs> while I was making my cup of tea before- uh I came to, came to sit down to start recording. Uh, a little article popped up on Twitter, a little bit of an announcement from Wizards, and uh, I hadn't seen this before, but it's it's just popped up from this week. So 
Apparently, Chris Cox, who is the Hasbro CEO, who was previously the like head of Wizards and then got promoted to Hasbro CEO, mm-hmm. uh, he's the one that everyone blames for all the layoffs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, he's come out and announced in a, I think it was in a call this week mm-hmm. that as of 2025, they will be printing two, two mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings <laughs> style universes <laughs> beyond crossover sets. Two per year going forward. Mm. Uh, no details on what that means in terms of legality, what that means in terms of replacing, you know, potentially replacing standard sets. Who knows? But strap in for a whole lot of full crossover sets over the next probably forever. Oh, man. <laughs> As of next year. So, obviously, the Lord of the Rings set was hugely popular. I think it's their highest grossing set yes. that they've ever done. Yes. Easily. Yeah, just made them made them a stack of money, was very, very popular uh amongst the community and collectors and, you know, just random other people. So mm-hmm. as Wizard seems to do, they go, Oh, this thing worked. Well let's just shove a whole lot more of that down everyone's throat. So uh, I don't know how to feel about this. You when I told you about this cracker, your reaction was so upbeat. Oh, I man, I am just, just feel the excitement down my headphones. It, it just radiated from me. I'm, I'm known for <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I just, Lord of the Rings was like the perfect crossover, right? Like, it's just that, it's that intersection of like, everyone loves Lord of the Rings. If you're into any kind of fantasy kind of game, I don't know how you couldn't be. And then like, it's just the, the perfect thing. And now like, what do they think they get? Shorty, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla at the moment. I've just started. The game's okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's all right so far. You know, pretty cool. I don't want 260 cards of Assassin's Creed, man. (laughs) I don't know how you could do that either. (laughs) We're going to find out. There's going to be 11 different types of um, hidden blades, and there's going to be four different types of Ezio's hood, and uh, (laughs) I don't know what they're going to do, man. Um, I am skeptical. And the other question is, given Lord of the Rings was a print-to-modern set, what are they doing? Is this in addition to four standard sets as well? Or yeah. is this going to replace? You said, oh, it's just going to replace a set and, or two. I'm like, well, then you've got like two standard legal sets in a year mm. in a three-year rotation. Yep. <laughs> Which is <laughs> fine. We'll end up with the same number of sets in standard as we've had previously. They're just yeah. there for longer. <laughs> that's just, Like I said, that sounds just awful. Yeah, it's not going to make standard stale at all when it's, oh, yes, this standard set's come out and there's a whole bunch of broken cards and the next standard release is in six months. <laughs> okay, thanks, Spike. By the way, it fits in really well with our annual bannings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. this, this choice feels uh, weird. I don't know either. Um, yep. I, I was on board with, like, more small universes beyond stuff. You know, there was the the Fallout one that's supposed to be coming out and things, and it's going to be like supplemental, small sets, like straight to modern, but not the- The Lord of the Rings was what they called the, the tentpole, right? Yeah. The, the main set holding up a full quarter was um the, the primary release. And I don't know which IPs they can just keep wheeling out to do that for. <laughs> no, I, I don't know either. Like, I mean, there's- there's definitely some you could do. Like, they've done the 40K, Warhammer 40K. That was just Commander sets. Sure. They could easily do a Warhammer Fantasy full set. Sure. Like there is, a, as we went through with the yeah. 40K fluff episode, there is a lot of 
IP there that they can use. Yep. We know that they've got Marvel stuff coming up and they mm-hmm. have said that that's going to be multiple sets. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would expect next year we get two Marvel sets and then at least one more the following year. And then if they can, like obviously Marvel's a huge world as well. There's a mm-hmm. lot you can go in there. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Star Wars crossover at some point. Like there, There's a lot of big IPs that they could fill out two sets a year from just like picking one of those IPs and then doing two sets through that year. But yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that with- Universes beyond block yeah. constructed. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's yeah. favorite formats back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yep. It, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I don't know. Don't Me either. That's well, okay. That's all we can say for now because we have no know. more details on that. Pretty so. much. We'll wait and see. I mean, they did release the schedule of sets that's coming out all the way into like 2026, not that long ago. Yeah, but they did. It was like the next year of sets was locked in, like each quarter set or whatever, and then mm-hmm. beyond that, it was like, oh, we've got these couple of sets coming up. Yeah, correct. So they didn't didn't give the full schedule. Mm-hmm. But hmm, interesting, interesting yep. article, yep. and uh, yeah, not surprised to see Wizards just trying to get as much money as they can out of everyone because that's what they do. That is that is definitely the mo. All right. Well, speaking of things that cost a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> let's get, let's get into modern. Let's get into modern. <laughs> hey, and before we do that, we played sealed on Monday. We did too. Yeah, yeah we, we, we you, and, you and I streamed before my power went out. Yep. Yeah, before your power died, we we sealed. We streamed sealed. We uh, got a couple of the um, pre-release packs from yep. Pat, and so we cracked them the day before and and built decks and yeah, just. Uh, Everyone's like, oh, Cracker's deck looks sick. And I was like, oh, I'm going to die. And I did. <laughs> I, died. I think it was you like crushed five nil or something. It was, it was ugly. My deck was very powerful. Yes. Uh, it, once. <laughs> and, it, and, and it was- And then you was, still didn't win that game. It was two turns too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all right. That's, that's, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. It, it doesn't help when your opponent plays- red wire aggressive stuff. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> that just shows the power of flyers, man. Yep, so yep. That's what you need. Yep. No, it was good fun. So, yeah, the VOD from that is up on Twitch still. I yeah, won't be putting that one up on YouTube. It's uh, not not the most exciting content. But, uh, <laughs> it was yeah, good, it was good, a good time. Good to watch. And, yeah, yep. we'll, we'll probably do it again at some point. You know, it's um, but we've been streaming more and more paper. And I've been really enjoying mm. it, man. I'm definitely yeah. keen to, especially after, like, looking at modern and, like, we played a little bit a couple of weeks ago when we were down – at our camp with Chris and stuff, and uh, oh, I got a taste for it again, man. I was like, "Ooh, mm. this is this is some powerful, fun stuff that's going on over here." <laughs> it's a very different format to the last time it we actually very went to play the tournament. Uh, yep, <laughs> yep, that is that is true. Uh, yep. Some some decks are still the same. But, uh, things have shifted around, man, and it it looks good. I got to say. Okay, well, give us a bit of a rundown on. Uh what what are the current top decks that we're seeing in current modern? top decks? So I mean, if we don't say rhinos, I think we're doing a disservice. It seems like th- there's crashing footfalls. Obviously, broken MH two card. Thanks MH two. Um, uh, yeah, the the team of rhinos deck has been really strong for a long time, and then people have started spreading out and going, "Well, why don't we just add more colors?" In the most recent events over the weekend, people were playing the new. Leyline Guild Pact, whatever it is, five color nonsense, and putting Scions of Draco in their deck because why not? So they're just taking mm. domain cards and uh, and just shoving it in that. Well, no, it's the other way around actually. They're taking really good decks and then they're putting like a twelve card package in 
to facilitate the rhinos play style. Yeah. It rather yeah. than thinking of it the other way, it's not a rhinos deck plus, it's the domain deck plus rhinos. So yeah. um we're still seeing scam didn't go away. We're still seeing Yogmoth. We're seeing Merktide, Amulet Titan, Tron, Living End super popular, um, doing really well at the moment. And blue white control, Shorty. Mm. Which surprised me to see that that's a <laughs> A thing that people still feel like they need to do with their lives, but um, I mean, they've got this got this little card called the One Ring. The One that Ring, helps, yeah, helps that deck. yeah. Um, what else? Hammer time, burn, always burn. You, you know, like I think it's cool. And uh, if I didn't mention mono black coffers, uh, Mister Polywaffle would probably fire me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's a big uh, fan of that. Deck he loves it. It's really good. It's actually a really mm. strong deck. It plays out differently than you expect just by looking at it. Um, so, there's kind of everything, man. Like, you've got tempo decks, you've got beatdown decks, you've got combo decks, you've got control decks. Like, it's just- It's the full gamut of modern again, which it's it's like the, um, the, the Mr. Burns disease thing where everything is so broken that nothing is. So- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> just you know, like you can't die from any one disease because they're all trying to go yeah, through yeah. it once, we're and he's in perfect yeah. balance. It feels <laughs> yeah. like there, there there might be that sort of equilibrium. So, yeah, okay, um, yeah, it it does kind of feel a bit like modern used to be. Yeah, when we loved it back in the day. The big difference is we've, we've got Modern Horizons three coming up in the next few months, and this is all going to change again. No, no, <laughs> so they, they, they were heavy. No, no, no. There's no there's no cards in MH three that are going to do anything. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, the Lord of the Rings set had no impact. The last <laughs> one, right? No, no, no. Those sets have they have no impact on modern. Nothing. No. All right. So yeah, we did have some regional championships played recently yes. over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one in Japan, which was taken down by Team of Rhinos. Mm-hmm. Top eight was a few other Team of Rhinos and some living in. So Cascade is certainly. Uh, a strong mechanic. Turns out freed spells are broken. <laughs> yep. There's, I think there's three Cascades, two living ends mm-hmm. in, uh, in the top eight of, of that list. And, yeah, got taken down by, by the Rhinos, which is actually surprising. It looks like they beat Living End in the finals. Which and is- And Living End has a decent matchup. It because does. It kind of doesn't care about your Rhinos when you're going to just wipe the board and they can't put their Rhinos back into play because <laughs> they're tokens. Correct. So- yeah, obviously I haven't seen coverage from it. Don't know how the game's played out, but somehow uh, Rhino's got there in the end. Yeah. Uh, the Looking at the win rate matrix, I think yeah, Living End has a 65% win rate against Team Rhino. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to check out the win rate matrix, it is uh, mtgdex.net. Put this up and they've combined yeah a whole bunch of recent top matches, uh, top, top events. So there's a huge amount of matches. 19,000. on here. Yeah, matches they've, they've recorded, which is a statistically a significant number, which is something <laughs> yes. we don't get a lot of normally in uh, in Magic. But um, yeah, that's, this is enough to draw some pretty pretty strong conclusions about what's good and what's not. Obviously, it's not yep. an even representation across everything because, like, Team of Cascade sitting at fifty one percent has got three thousand seven hundred matches played, and then you scroll down to some of the others, and they've got like. Uh, Demir Control has 127 matches played. So yeah. there's, there's, there's some big differences in terms of like sample size. But if yeah. if a deck is that well represented and performing that well, that tells you it's really, really good. 
Because it means a bunch of scrubs like us picked it up and played it instead. It still did well. <laughs> yeah, I've heard there was. I heard on a podcast this week someone was saying, I can't remember which tournament it was, but uh, Team of Rhinos was like 20 something percent of the, of the, the meta, which. Sure. Yeah, which is a lot. Like that's, that's 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 where Wizard starts usually looking at potential bannings. So, um, yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort of have to see how we go with that. There was a an event in uh, the US, mm-hmm. uh, regional championships there, which was taken down by Yorgmoth, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll have a bit of a look at later. But, yeah, a bunch of Cascade uh, Rhinos again in the, in the top eight as well as Living End and uh, a few Yorgmoth decks, so... Not that different to um, to the Japan one. And then one in Canada. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, which surprisingly was taken down by, as you said, blue-white control, Azorius yeah. control. So I guess when you've got a field that is 20% of rhinos and you've got a 65% win rate against it, you're, uh, you're in a good place. So the top eight from that one was uh, six, five, five uh, team of rhinos. Yep. One living end and two blue white controls. So that is wild. Also, uh, then there's yeah, just nuts. chilling in 10, 11, 12 is three more Rhinos decks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the Canadians, big fans of these, uh, these, these Rhinos. Yep. Yep. So from what I've been hearing about Rhinos, uh, it, it is everywhere. It is a huge part of the metagame, mm-hmm. but it's also. It's a deck I've heard a lot of people recommend, you know, if you don't play modern and you need a deck to play, play Rhinos. It is a really solid deck and it's not that hard to play. So it and it's so it's relatively easy to go, okay, here's the deck, I know it's gonna do well, and just pick it up and go. Whereas a deck like, you know, your Amulet Titans or like Coffers or something along those lines that have some slightly more complicated lines of play. Yeah, Yorgmoth. <laughs> You're trying to figure out how on earth all those combos work. Mm-hmm. They're much harder to play. You need to know more about the deck. So I think we're seeing a lot of like this meta percentage, probably higher than it normally would be because a lot of people would just be picking up that deck because it's being recommended a lot for the RC season. Sure. And yeah, whether that's a true indication of, yep, it's 20% of the meta game because it is the best deck or if it's just, yeah, people are picking up because it's easy to play and, and is really strong. So mm. either way, it's still something that potentially... Wizards may need to look at. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they where their banning philosophies are <laughs> these days. Do we want to have a look at the Rhinos deck and actually sort of tell people? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do it. What's in it? So, I mean, the the namesake card is Crashing Footfalls, uh, and it is a zero mana sorcery with suspend for green and suspend four. Uh, when it comes off suspend, uh, you get two gr- four four green Rhino creature tokens with trample. Hence the term rhinos. Um, so the main thing you're trying to do is either suspend it on turn one, which you'll actually see a lot. It's not like living end, which is you never- You're you never suspending it. Listen, if you suspend, I've done it, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it feels real bad. It feels, yep. um, but you're really happy to suspend the, the first footfalls and even the second one uh, because the the trample body means a lot. There's, there's generally just a lot of smaller creatures kind of going through. And it's really- like we said before, it's it's kind of a deck that's playing a lot of other stuff and then Rhinos. So Violent Outburst is the other card that you really want to pair with it, which is one red green for an instant with Cascade uh, and says creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn. It comes up very rarely as a combat trick, but the only thing you can cascade into is Crashing Footfalls. You're 
doing that whole thing. So, you know, you typically want to go end of turn, violent outburst, put in two four four rhinos, attack, you know, untap attack and, and go from there. So that's kind of the, the game plan. And then it's really cheating on a lot of other stuff. So it's playing like Dead Gone as a split card and also Fire Eyes as split cards. So they technically cost more than three mana, which is the, the deal with Cascade spells, anything that costs two or less, if you cast a three, um, you, you would cast. But, you know, Fire Ice is they're two, two mana cards effectively, but because of the way that the rules changed a while ago, um, they are now a four mana card for Fire Ice, even though you can pay two mana. Same with Dead Gone. Dead, you like one mana and Gone is three. So the total mana value is four, but you can pay just red to shock something, but you would never play shock in this deck. The other thing you've got is Shardless Agent, which is uh, one green, red, one green, blue, sorry, for a 2-2 with Cascade as well. So same thing. You can cast a Shardless on turn two, and then you've got, you know, 10 power on turn three, effectively, sorry, with, you know, in play to attack the next turn. Um, Playing a bunch of extra free spells because Subtlety and Force Negation are both really strong. Dismember's practically free. Um, you know, it's just it's just life shorty. Who cares? You start modern on fifteen anyway. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Lorien revealed, seeing its way into this deck as well as a as an island cycler, which is pretty good. So, just really looking to control early. And there's different lists. This one's pretty. This is like the very traditional kind of teamer style. Is the way I would see this one, um, where they're you know really just looking to footfalls all the time whereas some of the other lists we we're talking about the four and five colons are other decks with just the little package going in here but you know subtlety merc tide three copies of tashana's tide binder which is um mm. more than i would have expected and then flame of anore as another card that just does a lot of work a lot of work you can um you can make you can draw two cards you can destroy an artifact or you can deal five to a creature so you can kill things that like shield it or you know like just big other scary things that um really efficient rates it's kind of the the main bits there mm, yeah it is just a it's a very consistent deck mm-hmm. and being able to as as you know from living in being out of violent outburst at instant speed is huge in this deck being out of end of your turn like you, you you're basically holding up counter spells and tashana's tide binders and things like that and then end of turn uh, well you didn't play anything that i need to worry about so i'm just going to flash in my violent outburst yeah put in the two <laughs> two four four tramplers mm-hmm. untap and start bashing you and yep yeah they're they're kind of hard like it, you kind of think initially you think okay yeah they're just just two four fours like who cares the trample is massive mm-hmm. and if you've been dealing with what they've got on the board then it's just going to add up like that that damage is just going to pile up over time and it's going to win the game. So, and it's, yeah, it's not doing anything crazy complicated. So you can see why it's easy for people to pick up yep. and just sort of jam this deck. So, yeah, the deck that we were sort of saying before is good against it mm. is the uh, the Living In deck, which you've played a lot of <laughs> over time. Back in the this day one's, <laughs> yeah. before it was good. Very different to this <laughs> current version. Yeah. Yep. Same game plan. So I've, yeah, I, I played this against Chris mm. uh, over Christmas, and oh boy, was this! <laughs> it, it was way stronger than what you used to play. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. It's, yep. So if you never if yeah. you never played Living It before, it is same sort of thing. It is it's a, a spell that has no uh, mana cost. But it's got suspend three for two black black, and it basically says that all the creatures that are in play end up in the graveyard, and all creatures that are in the graveyard end up in play. Yep. So. 
you're just cycling. You, your deck is just full of so many cyclers, creatures that are usually cycling for one mana or free in the, in Street Wraiths mm-hmm. or griefs and subtleties that you can play for free, like evoke for free and then just put in the graveyard, which is so much fun. Uh, yeah, and then just ways to uh, to cascade into your um, your living end. Yeah. So same, same sort of game plan, but super... Uh, Super powerful, especially when you can do it at instant speed and just put like thirty power on the battlefield. That's end of your opponent's turn. It, it feels pretty great. It, like playing with grief just feels disgusting. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna grief your counter spell, living end, grief your removal spell. <laughs> just like you just yeah. you just rip people's hands apart super quick, and then you've just got oh look, I've got. You know, eighteen power. And you're like, oh, that's a medium sized living end, I guess. Yeah, like with, that with a just- bunch of triggers when they yeah, enter the yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, it's interesting because, like, I've been playing this deck for oh, man, what ten years, something like that. I reckon yeah, more than that. <laughs> yeah, um, a long, long time. And so, like, it started out that Architects of Will was like one of the cards that you used to play, and then it got cut because it just didn't quite have the power level anymore. And then it's back because it's. Better colours, and it turns out it if pitches you, to grief and subtlety. It pitches to grief and subtlety. And, and force negation. And force negation. Exactly. <laughs> it does all of those things. Uh, yep. And then, like, stacking your opponent's deck, like, you just get to ponder their deck. You put the top three cards back in any order. You're like, <laughs> it feels disgusting. You're just like- It's pretty rude. You can have a land and a land, <laughs> and, <then laughs> and you spell three cards down and have fun. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, th- this deck is- um, It's actually got a- uh, like, my biases aside, um, a very, very strong overall win rate. It's um, it's yeah, actually it very well positioned at the moment because there's yep. just a lot of graveyard hate running around. And yeah. that is the thing. Like this deck can be beaten with dedicated, you know, graveyard hate. But I mean, a lot of the sideboard is like you've got Besaju's and Foundation Breakers and Force of Vigors and all that sort of stuff to fight the different types of graveyard hate. And sometimes you just cast big dumb things for six mana and win the game that way. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it, it is much more resilient than it was uh, yeah, previously, and and it's it, living in's always kind of been similar to dredge, where if people don't respect it and they're not packing a bunch of side uh, graveyard hate in their sideboard, then mm-hmm. the deck is super powerful. And yep. yeah, there there just isn't isn't that much graveyard hate at the moment, and this version of the deck now just has so many answers. Like, yep. Yeah, uncounterable answers like Besaidus. Well, yeah, but <laughs> just like just you just grief them and, and force negation yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like you can just, yep. you can deal with it before it even hits the battlefield. Yep. So Yeah, like you can, you go turn one grief. Oh, you've got one of your sideboard graveyard hates in your hand. Okay, cool. Well, that's gone. Yep. <laughs> Do you yep. have another one? No? Okay, well, uh, I'm going to win this I game. I guess I win. Cool. <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, very strong deck. Uh, one of the other decks that... Took down one of the RCs, Yorgmoth. Mm. Uh, you played this deck. I think oh, you were mate, playing it over so, Christmas. I played it so well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I played it. I was playing against Cubal, um, who's one of my mates and hangs out in the Discord a bunch, and trying to wrap my head around it because, like, I know it's good and it's not straightforward. It's just like understanding the pieces, like there's so many different lines that you can take. And it's one of those decks that I think if you just dedicate the time to get the expertise, then it's really good. So the you can go infinite, right, with two- A bunch of different ways. Yeah, a bunch of different ways. There's, there's lots of different infinites. But the the main one is you've got like two undying creatures and a Yogmoth and then like a sacrifice outlet. So it's 
It feels like a lot of pieces, but you also have Court of Calling to go and find stuff when evolution to get stuff. And it just- yep. And also- um. Agatha's Soul Cauldron is another yeah, huge well, that's, that's the change big, to this deck. The big thing that it's picked up lately. And, and that's I think that's added to the complexity of the, the deck. Oh, for as sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but but sometimes you just cast children and win that way. <laughs> <laughs> like you can quite often it's just like the you know, green black beatdown deck that's a little underpowered, but you're kind of scared as the opponent as to like can they just win here? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Agatha Soul Cauldron, well, I think we spoke about when it came out, mm-hmm. but just to sort of read it again for people, because it is very confusing. It's a two-mana legendary artifact. It's got, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control. I don't know how relevant that is. Creatures you control, this is where we start to get relevant. Creatures you control with plus one, plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Mm-hmm. And you can tap it to exile target card from a graveyard. When a creature card is exiled this way, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. So, yeah, you can put your combo pieces in the graveyard, either, like, putting them there whichever way works to get them there, or they just get killed, and then you can just exile them with your soul cauldron and every creature that has a plus one, plus one counter on it, which you get your, you know, young wolves... Mm-hmm. They come in back in with plus on plus on counters. So does the guy, strangle root guys, those sorts of things. The the undying creatures are coming back in with plus on plus on counters. So they get the abilities. One of the most confusing things with this deck is Grist the Hunger Tide. Mm-hmm. How does that work with Agatha's Soul Cauldron <laughs> Cracker? Well, <laughs> I hate Grist. It just it breaks too many yep. things. It is a creature. Grist is a planeswalker, but it's a creature when it's anywhere but on the battlefield. So in the graveyard, it is a creature. And so then if you uh, exile it under Agatha's Soul Cauldron, you have a young wolf that enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter. And oh, now it's got all of Grist's loyalty abilities as well. So you can plus one on your young wolf to make an insect token to, I don't know, man. It's weird. <laughs> Just, it's just like holding up spell pierce when you're playing Merc Tide. You're like, ha ha, got him. And you go to spell pierce there. Grist, the planeswalker, that's the creature. Not it's, a creature, it's not a planeswalker on the stack. Not a planeswalker on the stack. <laughs> nope, get wrecked. Um, yeah, it's very strange. It also means that you can cord for it too. And obviously yes. it's um it's a removal spell, so you can sacrifice another creature. And if you do destroy target creature or planeswalker, um, you're not likely to use its ultimate. But yeah. It's uh, it's kind of weird that it works that way. Yeah, very very strange card. I remember like this is an MH2 card, and mm-hmm. I remember when it got previewed, it was like, oh, that's really weird. And then it's it's not till you know three months down your, down the track that people are still figuring out weird interactions with this card. Yeah. And just yeah, the common sense things like you were saying before, like countering this spell, it's not a non-creature spell. <laughs> like you can't negate it. Mm-hmm. It is a creature on the stack and everywhere else, and. Yeah, very, very confusing. And yeah, if you've got a soul cauldron and you've got four four creatures out with plus and plus on counters, well, now you have four grists <laughs> that can activate all their abilities and yeah, or their like yeah, wall very, of roots or, or their you know yogmoths yeah, or yep. their you know like no hierarchs or haywire mites or like there's just a bunch of different stuff. So it's um yep. so yeah, it's it's good when you've got you know one creature that has a plus one plus on counter on it. It. He's then a grist, so it gets a loyalty counter on it. Mm-hmm. 
It can also be a wall of roots that gets a minus O minus one counter on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got to keep track of your three different counters going on this one creature because they're all different. Good. Yep. yep. <laughs> and also they're playing like the f- the full contingent of um, bowmasters. Yeah, that's which what I was about to say. which yep. makes orc armies, which then get plus one plus one counters on them. Yes. Yep. So you can that is very true. Cast a bowmaster, and then you've instantly got your yeah, a masses one, which yeah, makes a masses a one token. Yep, with makes plus a zero zero with a plus one plus one counter on it. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. So you can yep. immediately do things there, which is pretty strong. Yep. Uh, Delighted halfling, mm-hmm. uh, which we've seen from the Lord of the Rings set, which we were talking about before. Yep, very 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 strong card. Uh, makes your Yorgmoth uncounterable or your Grist uncounterable. So um, yeah, and just toolboxing it up with your quarter callings and Eldritch evolutions, as you said before, so you can. Get what you need, and yeah, a whole bunch of one-ofs. Things things like you can side in a Fulminator Mage, Cracker, and then you can Love exile it. a Fulminator Mage under your Agatha's Soul Cauldron mm-hmm. and then just go to town and blow up everyone's lands. I did enjoy that very much as a living end player. <laughs> just <laughs> beast within people's lands and Fulminator Mage there. <laughs> yep, yep. The bad land no, destruction combo. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, what else are we seeing? We should talk about blue-white control, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we can have a look at the, uh, the blue-white control list that actually managed to take 10 it, tournaments. It, it so. won in Canada, beating out a bunch of, yeah, like we said, a bunch of the um, Rhinos decks. And yep. It's, it's interesting. So, it's, man, it's like winless, win-conless almost, <laughs> right? I mean, we've got, I suppose that technically there's eight creatures. So, you've got four. There's a Kahira. Oh, you're right. In the sideboard. Yeah, no, no, That's okay. how you win the no, game. Yep. No, good point. Missed that. Thank mm, you. Yep. Um, you've also got four subtlety, four solitude. Uh, and then you can just resolve it to fairy and I'll scoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I was just thinking though, I was, I was trying to look at like what it does. So, it's playing like subtlitude, subtlitude. That's just both of them. Subtlety and solitude, <laughs> yep. reprieve, prismatic ending, supreme verdicts, one revealed, four Narset, part of veils. Which is bold. Three to fairy yep. time raveler, four one ring, four leyline bindings, and two days undoing. So, Shorty, I was thinking that uh, you could you could plush it to fairy, and then in your opponent's upkeep, flash in a days undoing mm. with a narset. With a narset, yep. And then who would do that, Cracker? <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> who narset wheels people? Oh, who would ever do that? Mean, yeah, yes, me. But do, yep. but doing it in someone's draw step. That just feels kind of next level dirty. <laughs> so, uh, Days Undoing, in case people don't know, it's two and a blue for each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. If it's your turn, end the turn. But, you know, if you do it with Nasa in play, then they just get to draw one card. Yep. And then that's that's it. Playing for Reprieve, which we were, we were unsure if we we're going to see this card pop up. And interesting that they're playing. So, for Reprieve is the. New remand, mm-hmm. uh, but it's white, mm-hmm. slightly different. We're wondering if we're going to see this, and yeah, obviously people have decided. Well, it's I guess technically better than remand. You can't. It is mystical dispute it. Yep, and it also gets around like delighted halfling and things because you're not actually countering yep. the spell, so you're just returning it, uh, which is a, the big difference. Whereas remand yep. says counter target spell, return it and to its owner's hand in. instead. Yep. Yeah, effectively. Yep. Whereas this just says return target spell to its owner's hand, draw a card. Yep. Um, 
as a Rhinos player, actually, as a living end player, I've had my living end reprimanded <laughs> once. <laughs> oh, it felt gross. So, doing that to a Rhinos player would feel pretty good, I must admit. Because, uh, yeah. yeah. So, they're just doing that and then, you know, just verdicting and I guess eventually just winning just with winning that whatever slow, you have. long, boring it's game. Just, it's just a full blue white Xeon stack, man. Yep. Yep. Just bring Kahira in from your companion zone and just slowly kill people. Yep. Because that's what you do. <laughs> All right. Enough about this because I'm yep. falling asleep. All right, well, let's talk about, about another deck that uh, no one loves. Rakdos Scam. So, the last round of modern bannings were meant to fix this deck. And they banned yeah, it's, it's nowhere. It's Fury. Yep. And uh, it's still the second most played deck in the metagame. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't really changed. <laughs> so, Pretty much. It's just the same stuff that we've been seeing for ages with uh, Griefs, Sheldreds, Bowmasters, Croxes, Dorothy, Douthy, whoever you say that one, Voidwalkers and Ragavans, and then just all the good, cheap, red black spells. Yep. Mm. Uh, Interesting. I don't know what there is to say with this deck. I, I'm glad that it didn't vanish completely. I think yeah. that it, I, I think it was actually a good nerf. Yeah, I think getting rid of Grief would have been better, but- Probably. Even yeah, though I want to play would. in Living End, I think it would have been yeah. better for the format in general. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was the general general consensus. Everybody sort of thought that would would be better for the format, but mm. yeah, yeah, they've downsized on the scam package. So I think the I think they used to play like eight, maybe nine of the scam cards. Uh, whereas this list I'm looking at is now running four, not dead after all, and one undying evil. Mm-hmm. And that's it for uh, grief. Griefing, bringing it back, and uh, yeah, double grief, griefing people because everyone loves that on turn one. It's true. It's true. Yep. Yep. But yeah, solid deck. I mean, it's yeah, it is the new Jund, <laughs> basically. Yep. But uh, yeah, actually, actually quite good. Uh, looking at the win rate matrix, it is a forty-eight percent overall deck. Yeah, new Jund. Yep. Has some good matchups. Has some quite bad matchups. So uh, yeah, not surprised to see it at forty-eight percent. And people will still play it. It will still be super high in the metagame. Yeah. Speaking of things that are on the rise and uh, actually doing well, Domain Zoo, you mentioned it before. Yeah. Zoo. Just full five mm. color doing the, the tribal flames thing. So Wild Nakadol, Nashobi Brawler, Bowmasters, Territorial Carvus. I mean, these are all just like cards that get like Territorial Carvu, red green for a star star. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of basic lands among lands you control. And then when it attacks, you discard a card if you do draw a card or exile a card from a graveyard. So just real big. And then the the main draw for this is the Scion of Draco. So 12 out of 4, 4, shorty. Mm, that's a reasonable rate. That is an X. flying. It does. It does have flying. That's true. It also has this spell costs two generic lists to cast for each basic land type among lands you control. So- you know, triomes make it really challenging to get to. <laughs> to that, yeah, to we've that. never seen leyline bindings played for one mana. No, no, two. never. So, um, sign of Draco also says each creature you control has vigilance if it's white, hexproof if it's blue, lifelink if it's black, first strike if it's red, and trample if it's green. Now, the particular list I'm looking at, at Goldfish, doesn't have the new leyline. Okay, but the one I am does. There's, yeah. a, there's a link in there. Right. In it. But yeah, they're definitely, they're playing that now to just have the 
stone nuts. <laughs> so that yeah. all, because it doesn't say uh, this creature, it says each creature, each creature you control. Yep. Yeah. So the card so- Tracker's talking about is the Leyline of the Guild Pack, which is from the most recent set, which is four mana. It's a whole bunch of hybrid mana. So you can, you can play it for four green, but it's also mm-hmm. got blue, white, black, and red. Uh, and it's got the sort of traditional ley line text, whereas if it's in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. And then it says, each non-land permanent you control is all colours, and lands mm-hmm. you control are every basic land type in addition to the other types. So you Amazing. start the game with this in play. Uh, all your lands are now five-colour lands. Even if they're fetch lands, you just play a fetch land and it can tap for all five colours. Uh, it makes your leyline bindings, which this is playing four of, just cost a single white mana. So you can now leyline binding on turn one. And yeah, your sign of Draco, that previously cost you twelve mana, now costs you two. And because mm-hmm. it makes uh, the the leyline of guild pack makes all your non-land permanents all colours, it means all your creatures are all colours, and so they all get vigilance, hexproof, lifelink, first strike, and trample. Which is pretty good. Yep. So yep. this sort of came out, you know, when this card was previewed, people sort of came out and went, oh, yeah, this is going to be cool in this deck. And, and everyone kind of fobbed it off as, yeah, it's like it's pretty gimmicky. But this deck's been around for a while. Like, Azzy G was playing this deck at the last modern tournament that we all played in. And sure. doing very well yep. with it. So the, the, yeah, the deck has been around for a while and has been doing quite well. And now it's like you just super charged it <laughs> with the, with the yep. ley line. So yep. not surprised to see it uh, getting play and uh, doing pretty well. I think it has some pretty good win rates too. Yeah, it does. It seems really, really strong. And like I was saying before, people have now just taken this shell and they're putting in they're putting in the um, the Rhinos package into it. They're just putting in, you know, eight, 12 cards or whatever it is. And then that's it. I've just got the whole thing going on, which is pretty nutty, mm. giving all your- I mean, if trampling rhinos were good, giving them first strike and lifelink and whatever else, hexproof. <laughs> Strict upgrades, Shorty. Yes. More keywords, more better. Well, conveniently, Sign of Draco costs 12, so that is definitely That's above the, yeah, uh, you, you, the cascade <laughs> threshold that three. we're trying to get yeah, past. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so going to be so, interesting yeah, no. to see how that deck goes, and I'm, I'm tipping we get a bunch of people tuning that over the next... Uh, few weeks and months and sort of heading into the PT. Yes. Very, very cool deck. And, uh, yeah, good to see that <laughs> you get one random card out of nowhere. Like this card, Look, looking at the price, this card is like 21 US <laughs> for a rare sure. from the current standard set. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the thing with the ley lines like this is you're almost always playing them as a four of. So bump, bump those prices up. It sure mm. is. It sure but, is. Yeah, Sign of Draco has gone up a bunch as well in terms of its cost. Yeah. Yep. To the surprise of nobody. But yeah, it was interesting because like a bunch of like LSV and a bunch of other pros were doing the whole Rhinos thing and then they're like, hey, need some of these cards. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so, we, we talked about that, but the um, that version had a like 60% win rate. Yeah, it did. Over the, um, over the weekend. This uh Four color cascade, I think it's yep. called. So, yeah, six, uh, 62%. Very- uh, 320 matches. So, not, not as big of a sample size, but yeah, 62% win rate. Whereas the um, the regular one was 53%. 51, yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, 10% more, 11% more, uh, that's a lot. But obviously, literally 10% of the match yep. size sample. So, yep. yeah. You also have a um, surprise factor where it's like, you know, your opponent goes, oh, you're playing Cascade. Okay, cool. I'll play this way. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hang on. You've got a sign of Draco and uh, all this other stuff yep. going on. So... Your Ragavan does what? <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, playing Ragavan, yeah. but yes. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of interesting things coming out there. Uh, yep. What else? Merktide Regent. You've, still, uh, you've still played a, a decent chunk of this. Yep. Yeah, love it. I mean, it's it feels it feels old now. It does. It feels weird to say, but yep. it's also like just really good. Merktide is a hell of a it's card. It's really there. good at- Having a 49, 50% win rate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's it's very, very fair. Yep. Like, it's weird to say that Merktide region is a fair card, but, you know, like, you are just trying to one-for-one one people a bunch and then get ahead with, like, iterations or something like that and, you know, hopefully maybe cheese a couple of cards with Ragavan and things. But, you know, like, leading- you, You've done it. Like, yes. leading on Dragon's Rage Channeler into Mishra's Bauble on turn one, you feel pretty smart. Yep. Like, it, it just, you know, looks a lot of cards and it, it kind of, it does its thing very consistently. Whether that thing is good enough, well, it is about half the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's literally good enough half the time. And yeah, that's my, yeah. my experience playing with Murktide too. Like, so, yeah, you've got some removals, yeah. some counter spells, and some gurus, and sometimes you can play a two-mana 8-8 eight, eight flyer gets bigger over time and you're going, yep, mm-hmm. this is great, but mm-hmm. sometimes it just doesn't line up. You have the removals you don't want the removal spells, you want counter spells, and then sometimes they resolve things because you just didn't have the counters and then your removal doesn't line up and you finally play a Merc Tide and then they, you know, vapor snag it <laughs> to your hand or whatever. Like, very easy removal <laughs> will just bounce it back to your hand and that's it. Your Merc Tide's gone and your graveyard's gone and you just kind of do nothing. So, yeah. yeah it does. It does. Yeah. Exactly what you said. It does feel old. It feels like it needs something new and powerful that's probably going to be a Modern Horizons 3 to yeah. sort of spice it up a bit or just something else to format to uh, yeah. make it a bit, a uh, little bit better. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Andrea yep. Mangucci will tell you that it's always the right deck to play. Uh, Whether he's, but, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true or not. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's what he's telling you. Yep. Uh, so, some other decks in the format. Amulet Titan hasn't really changed mm-hmm. much in ages. It's playing the one ring now, but yep. it's effectively the same as it's been a few years, really. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we got it got dry to the leasing grove a few years ago. but Cultivator Colossus was the other much. one that was the, probably one of the more recent additions. Yep. And then, yeah, obviously the one ring as well. Uh, yeah, people who love it, love it. Uh, I've tried playing this deck as well. And, yeah. So, here's the thing. I'm going to say something controversial. Ooh, okay. I don't think this deck is as hard as everyone makes it out to be. Ooh, okay. Everyone talks about it being the hardest deck in the format and just, like, incomprehensibly complicated and you need to read the 50-page primer. You don't. You need to count to six and cast Primeval Titan. <laughs> and you, you just you play win. one land a turn and then you tap no, all of them just, when you have six and you play a Primeval Titan. Exactly. <laughs> like, once you've gone through the loops a couple of times, it's actually not 
stupid hard. Like, you're doing the same thing. Like, I think people try and get overly cute with it. It's just like, no, no, you don't need to. Just get Sun Home and Slayer's Stronghold with a Boris Garrison and you just- 18 double strike. Let's go. What are you going to do? I got trample. Get get out of here. Like <laughs> they killed it. All right, cool. I'll just cast a titan again next turn and do it again. Like the deck is is quite redundant in that respect. Like it, it's very consistent. It it ramps super hard and if you cast the ring, you're like I don't know. I I know I'm not downplaying that there are some crazy corner case things you can do and and you can get all fancy with it, but I just don't think you need to, man. Like, you play a Grazer on turn one and then you put in your, you know, you put in your Urza Saga off your Grazer and then you just, you're off. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just play Azusa the following turn, you play two more lands and yeah. then how do you lose? You've got 45 <laughs> mana on turn four. <laughs> You're right. There's my- uh, Well, yeah, according to the, uh, according to the win rate matrix, it is also 49%. So. Yeah. Because people are trying to get too fancy. Clearly, people need to listen to Primer. I mean, you know. Forget the yeah, 50 yeah, pages. Exactly. Just, just, just cast Primetime, man. Don't worry yeah. about it. People are going to scoop to that thing anyway. <laughs> Except when they've got Leyline binding and then they're just yep. giggling at you. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, another deck that hasn't really changed much is the four-color Omnath deck. It's kind of been the same for a while. It also plays, feels old, man. Which- yeah, yep. Yeah, like it, it did. It picked up the One Ring, which we knew, like, as soon as One Ring was spoiled, it was, yep, this is going to get played in four color Omnath, just goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just kind of feels like it's not super strong, not really doing. It It feels out like there. Fury made this worse than it made um, Rakdos. Mm. I think that this nerfed the power level of this deck overall. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it, it can. Uh, a bit of a rough matchup against some of the aggro decks if uh, if it gets its slow mm-hmm. starts, but yeah, fewer. fewer yeah, I mean, if it. you get to stick Omnath and it, it hangs about for a couple of turns and you get to cast lands, like it, it is powerful. Like, there's no question. I mean, it was dominant for a long time in terms of the format, right? Like, it was people. It was problematic for a little bit. I, I think you could say, but it just hasn't had any tools or evolved at all. And it's just like, well, what are you going to do? Like, Rhinos is just going to control the board better and like go over the top of you and you know the domain just bigger so i don't know yeah it just feels like it's mm. kind of missing something yep. same with tron do you want to uh to my black coffers <laughs> yeah we can talk about coffers yeah Tr- tron tron is doing its thing it's horrible as far as win rate yes 45 percent. it has a horrible one over jump <laughs> it sure does <laughs> so we've talked about coffers before because chris is obviously a big fan polyawful uh it's doing Cabal Coffers and uh, Urborg, right? It's trying to do that kind of massive mana engine. It's weird because it doesn't look like it. If you look at it and go, well, it's called Coffers. So, it's a ramp deck. It's not. It's a mono black control deck. Yeah. And if you play it like a mono black control deck, just leveraging the ring and think, I will eventually find my win condition. I will find- and in this case, Emrakul, the promise end is one of the things it's trying to do, right? Or you just shielded people or whatever. Like, if it if you play it out that way, the deck is very strong. If you're trying to do- if you play it incorrectly, thinking that you've got to, you know, get on the board and, you know, you're just trying to ramp super hard, it will not perform the way you want it to. And I think that that might be just a, a fundamental misunderstanding from, like, how people play it. But, I mean, it's got Damnation and Thoughtseize and, you know, Profane Tutors and stuff. So, it's- it's got a bunch of, like, interesting cards. 
Yeah. And it's a Khan deck as well is the other thing. You know, you've got four Khans. So, you're really getting those out early and then just finding the, like, what's the thing I need? Is it a leveler? Is it a ring? Is it a chalice or a explosives? Like, there's just, it's got that whole full package. Like, there's the only card I can see that you can't fetch is Collective Brutality in the sideboard here. Everything else you can just go and get. <laughs> I tell you what, I want to see Chris fetch a Sundering Titan. Get someone playing domain <laughs> <laughs> with a ley line in play. Because yeah, yeah. uh, you just get to blow up that's all the elements. <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, seems pretty good. So, yeah. this, well, this deck is, is legitimately good. Yeah, getting to play like four, uh, sorry, seven or eight Field of Ruin Demolition Field effects mm-hmm. is just can just mm-hmm. be so strong. Like, it, it doesn't affect basically at all. Mm hmm. And just being able to blow up your opponent's hands at, at at will effectively is uh yep. yeah pretty pretty rough yeah it, it just kind of feels like the diversion of Tron now like Tron of Tron is dedicated to finding Tron yeah whereas this deck's just like yeah I've I can just play mm-hmm. like a like you said a control game and slow slow down what you're doing and then eventually I'm gonna have stupid mana like Tron would have and just do big things as well so. Yeah, just just mm-hmm. seems better. Yeah, actually, what what one of the cards that has made the biggest difference to this deck is Sunken Citadel. So that's from the Lost Caverns of Ixalan, and it's a land enters tapped. As it enters tapped, you choose a color. So obviously, you choose black. Uh, it taps for one mana of that color, or it says tap, add two mana of the chosen color. Spend this mana only to activate abilities of land sources. So that means your demolition field. Doesn't cost you two mana. It just costs you a Citadel plus the Demolition Field. Same with your Field of Ruin. And also same with the Coffers. So rather than having to tap two to activate Coffers, it costs you one. So it's a huge difference in terms of like how quickly you can start leveraging these things. It it puts your full turn in front in some ways. Or it lets you effectively double spell, right? You can hit someone's triome or, you know, whatever it is that they've got that you need to try and cut them off a color at the same time as, you know, casting a fatal push or a thought seize or something like that. And so a really, really big pickup in, yeah. in that respect for this deck. A couple of other decks just to sort of quickly, and we've seen, yeah, a bit, bit of hammer time, like the decks that have been floating around for a while. Creativity was still in the format, going and getting Archon of Cruelties, but once the One Ring sort of started rising up, that became a big mm-hmm, issue for mm-hmm. this deck because it gave you protection from everything for it. it meant fetching your Archons, which if you don't know is a eight mana, six, six with flyer, mm-hmm. but when it battled or attacks, target opponent, sacks a creature or planeswalker, discards a card and loses three life, and then you draw a card and gain three life. Well, when your opponent has played a one and has protection from everything, this thing does not much. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of dropped. The One Ring seems to have dropped down and he's not getting his played quite yep. as much although the uh, blue white control <laughs> lists will uh, beg to differ so, um yeah i think i think there was a potential for creativity to come back but maybe not now with uh, with the way the metagame is looking and your usual mm-hmm. you know, burn and death shadow and those sorts of things wait wait there's one more deck that we have to talk about uh, uh, assault loan <laughs> <I'm assuming> <laughs> <you're-> <laughs> yep <laughs> So this is there. This is a throwback to very old magic. Yeah. Uh, Seismic Assault is red, red, red for an enchantment. It says discard a land card from your hand. Seismic Assault deals two damage to target creature or player. Uh, 
Sure. And then you've got you've got Life from the Loam, which is one in a green. Return up to three target lands from your graveyard to your hand, and it has Dredge 3, which is a replacement effect. And instead of drawing a card, you put this in your hand, and then you mill the top three cards of your deck into your graveyard. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you heard the same podcast I did. There were some people, uh, J- Jerry T's podcast. <laughs> he, was. he was very excited. <laughs> Probably a little bit good. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, very excited about this deck. It was, he's like, it's, it's broken. <laughs> it's it's the best deck in the format. There's no one's going to, no one knows what to do. No one knows how to, but yeah, it's got like yeah. a 30% win rate. So I'm pretty sure everyone knows what to do. Uh, and the answer is just to ignore it. But it's, um, it's kind of cool that, you know, there's still some old, there's some old stuff you can find. Cards from Seismic or 8th edition. Like when I started playing, <laughs> it's just whiteboarders, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it was a decking standard from memory, or yeah, maybe it was yeah. extended or something. No, I used to play it with um the Swans of Brynar Goal. Yeah, yeah, Swans. And you could, yep. you could like, yeah, yeah, you could like, yep. throw lands at your Swans and then draw cards and, yep, I don't know, win eventually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it, if if that's what you want to do, you are you're allowed to cast Seismic yep. Assault and Modern again. Yeah, like I said at the start, modern kind of feels like it used to be in that it is super wide open. There is a lot mm. of decks you can play, but I, I, the format's going to get massively shaken up when uh, when the H3 set comes out, and that still doesn't sit well. Like looking at yeah. the prices of these decks, most are over a thousand US, and yeah, when a new set's going to come out every year now, uh, that's got potential real mm-hmm. deck, then I still yeah I don't really like that. Fun format. It's fun to play when we can just borrow all the cards. It makes it easy. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the truth. Yep, for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, that's going to do us for the modern chat and wrap up the podcast. So, uh, yeah, usual links door. Just go to Magic Beans Cast. I'm find links for merch store, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, all that sort of stuff. Find us on all the various YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all that sort of thing. So just go magicbeanscast.com and find us. Uh, don't forget the Envy will be happening on Saturday, the 2nd of March. So that's three weeks away, two weeks away. That's Ooh, finally. And a half weeks away. <laughs> three months late. Oh. Um. <laughs> Not long now. So, uh, yeah, make sure you've got that in your diary because it's going to be a cool stream, a ton of giveaways, and we'll get to yep. see our 2023 champion. Will we have a back-to-back champion? That'll be uh, interesting once you get there. Who knows? All right. Uh, If you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm at PSync. If they want to find crack, you are? At Hill underscore. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time.